0: For all of her adult life, Dr. Lisa Colvin has been a community activist, speaking truth to power, speaking social justice, and being a voice for the voiceless and the marginalized in the community. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Although the recent series of ongoing demonstrations were an initial response to the senseless death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, they have now expanded to include additional actions of police brutality to ending the continuing racism within communities, all under the same mantra, I can't breathe. The demonstrations in Denver produced a statehouse prior to their later adjournment, a police accountability legislation. However, once the streets clear, and they will, the real action for change moves inside government offices and city council chambers. What happens next? For insight to the real meaning behind the slogans and the what happens next, we connect with the Chief of Staff for Denver District 9 Councilmember Candy C. DeBaca, Regis University Professor and the first Latina to run for Denver Mayor and veteran community activist, Dr. Lisa And Atlanta Mayor Keisha Bottoms, uh, she was at the recent Aspen Ideas Conference. And in her workshop, she said, uh, you know, what's important is not so much the slogans like Defend the Police, Black Lives Matter, but the sentiment behind them that has to be addressed. That is the key. Are you saying the same thing there, Ter?
1: Um, I mean, I, I, I think it's both. I think the, the words matter, and so does the sentiment. Um, and I appreciate that for some folks, they don't know, you know, they, they hear the word uh, or the phrase defund the police, and it's like talking about abolishing the police tomorrow. So I do think that there are terms that do need to be unpacked because I think that that's, right. that's not necessarily where most people are although there are some folks who you know would like to envision a world without the police and i think that that is uh, a lofty um goal to think about because that would mean that we're, we're safe in our communities but we also need to rethink the concept of safety i think it's a myth that the more police we have the safer we are as a society i mean that just has not been borne out um in our history of policing which dates back Back to slavery, so you know I know what what we mean when we call for defund, defunding the police. We are talking about a um, reallocation of resources from the largest share of the general fund budget, which is forty percent of the budget. More than any other uh, you know entity, department, initiative goes toward public safety, and a large majority of that goes to personnel. Um, I think what we've seen over time is the more uh, it's like you know you if you build it, they will come. Uh, kind uh-huh. of effect. So the more officers you have, the more um, kind of reporting and response and all, and all of that um, is going to happen. I think we've seen that with a um, recent vote by the Denver Public School Board to basically cut the contract with Denver Police Department. Does this mean that there's no security in schools? Absolutely not. DPS has its own security force. So, you know, where 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 can those funds go instead, instead of paying DPS paying the police? How about actually paying more social workers to be in schools Mm -hmm. or nurses to be in schools? Those kinds of things to uh, augment what DPS already has for security.
0: And so, when when people hear the catchphrase "defund the police," they're they're not really talking about you know just take the whole police budget and throw it out the window and we won't have a police department any- anymore. They're really meaning a reallocation of perspectives for the communities that the police serve.
1: Right, and I think it's a it's a conversation. It's a you know it, it's a critical thinking dialogue. Um, starter, you know, it, yeah. it, and, and it, it requires being unpacked about what that means, just like, yes, with Black Lives Matter, uh, and, you know, that's a conversation starter about, um, you know, it doesn't mean exclusively, and it doesn't mean all lives matter, because that is a co-optation of, of the sentiment behind it. It means, why is it that Black folks are killed at a disproportionately higher rate historically, um, and brown folks and native folks than white folks do. Um, sure. and, and we, and we, you know, and so, and it isn't about um, because folks of color create uh, or are engaged in more violent crime. That simply is not true, you know. So we have to look at all of the factors behind that. Why do black lives matter less? than white lives that are also mm-hmm. facing are in confrontation with the police that actually have less lethal outcomes.
0: Yeah, yeah. How about the catchphrase, no justice, no peace?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, so some people want to take that to, to mean, you know, kind of an overthrow, and that's not what that means either. It means we will not rest until we get justice for, um, you know, Philando Castile, George Floyd, Eric Garner, um, mm-hmm. Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, etc., cetera, um, that it cannot be just someone's um, death by the hands of police cannot be the latest news cycle. And then we move on with life as if that didn't happen. And there was a, yes. a recent study that I heard about that every time um, – We see, in in terms of folks of color, see the killing of a a black person, uh, a brown person. That has reverberations throughout that entire community. That community Uh has vicarious trauma just by witnessing that act. And the witnessing doesn't have to be I'm standing there seeing it physically. It could be through the social media witnessing. And so... Um, you know, there has to be an answer for that. And so, you know, one of the rallying cries around that is no justice, no peace, um, so that when we say the, the, those phrases, people understand that we will not rest until we get justice through a myriad of, of forms, whether it's policy making, protest, changing the name Stapleton, um, and the other vestiges of uh, white supremacist um, uh, histories that have allowed a certain narrative to rise to the top um, that has devalued um, the lives of folks of color um, Mm -hmm. through a, a justice system that does not and has not seen us as fully human, again, dating back since slavery.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, because many times these things happen, and as you said... Uh, after it gets quiet, everybody goes back to business as usual, and so what that really means is that you're going to still work outside and inside the system to get the change done, and and and, and people are going to hear about it until it gets t- taken care of.
1: Right, and we need both. Uh, it's both, and it's not either or. It's not just protesting, and not it's not just policy. It seems like we're seeing a lot of changes all of a sudden, and we are. But those changes have been fought for for a long time. I mean, the movement yeah. was, was ready. It had done its homework. It had looked at policing budgets. It had looked at how laws get, get passed, right? These are things that organizers do behind the scenes that get no press coverage. And so, you know, with, with every tragic occurrence that have, that has happened, you know, unfortunately, it also, um, incremental change is possible um, so that it leads up to what seems like an explosion of change. But, you know, I've been doing organizing for, you know, very, very long time, really since I was a a child um, through my mother who was a community organizer. And I understand that, you know, progress is... Feels sometimes slow. People can get discouraged, but it's like slow, so slow, slow, and then fast. That's the way it, it, you know, it seems. So people don't see all of the, you know, the behind the scene scenes uh-huh. negotiations that goes on to get us to this point that looks like overnight change.
0: With um, Rodney King, a lot of people were in the streets after we all saw the video of the police brutality there. And they were back in the streets again after the verdict of the trial. So should we be bracing ourselves for possibly the same thing after the trial of the officers regarding the uh, the George Floyd incident in uh, Minneapolis?
1: Uh, I think it depends on what the outcome is going to be. Um, If it's an outcome of exoneration, you know, absolutely in, you know, in Minneapolis and, you know, the surrounding areas. I think what the question is, is this phenomenon across the nation, like with George Floyd, that occurred and was sustained. It wasn't just a one day. It wasn't a candlelight vigil one night and move on to the next story, the next. It was sustained action. And the action also then took, is is taking different forms, um, including branching off to, you know, protesting in city council meetings um, until, you know, recently when Denver Council, you know, now is moving to a virtual platform, um, you know, in part to, to, I think, stop the momentum that protesters had in organizing um, under the guise of a public, you know, public health, which, is also uh-huh. important, but the timing is certainly suspect. Um, so that's that would be the question. Are we going to see you know, sustained protests across the nation and not just closest to where a particular tragedy occurred?
0: What's the importance of the diversity and the crowd in the streets? I think back 20, 30 years ago, uh, we didn't kind of have that. All ages, all cultures. That seems to be a Pretty, uh, a pretty contemporary occurrence
1: now. Yeah, and you know when the um, George Floyd protest happened uh, in Denver, which is um, the second most gentrifying city now in the nation, um, really? occurring during the Hancock years, specifically in 2013 to 2000. Um, 19 or up to currently, actually. Um, we see Denver is getting increasingly white, um, but not necessarily increasingly oblivious to racial injustices. And so when we see more white folks than folks of color in some of these protests, I yeah. think it, it is a, not only a result of the shifting demographics, um, to more white people in Denver, but also an increased consciousness of folks, um, and particularly millennials and Generation Zers, who are often online a lot more um, than uh-huh. Gen X uh, people or baby boomers, um, and who are communicating that way. So you're not just an active, an armchair activist. In um, social media talking about stuff, you're actually now coming into the street and adding your voice and your power. And that was the thing when, you know, the Denver Police Department unleashed its militarized, over-the-top response to protesters and called in 12 other agencies and the um, National Colorado National Guard. Um, it, you know, this didn't just happen to folks of color in terms of being... Yeah. Tear gassed and hit with rubber bullets. It happened to a whole lot of white folks um, who were out there peacefully protesting, and that's not to say that there were not some people out there, you know, causing some mayhem, mayhem. But you know, that was a fraction of the of the people who were out there—a small fraction—and should not have been, you know, a wholesale use of the violent tactics that we saw. And so uh-huh. when you had, you know, this mass impact of white people being impacted too, then it it really resonated for so many others. It's like, now I understand what you all were talking about. Now I understand the outrage of feeling of being of being the target of excessive force and and feeling like no one is listening to you, not having a uh-huh. sense of justice. Uh, you know, losing losing an eye or losing your vision or being bruised and battered and becoming a statistic where no one cares about your story or, or so it seems in city government, um, that, that recruited a whole lot of people to the movement.
0: On this edition, it's a conversation with longtime community activist Dr. Lisa Calderon. Our focus is gaining a deeper understanding of the demonstrations that have been taking place and what lies ahead when the actions move from the streets inside the policy rooms where it happens. We'll continue our conversation with her on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch, span your game, and many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.